Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, well, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti, and I've got my brother-in-law, Rob Snyder, uh, with me again. And we were just talking in the last podcast about um, what kind of man um, do you need to be to marry um, a great, godly, fantastic young woman? Um, and I brought uh, Rob in because uh, he's raised three of them, <laughs> which is fantastic. He's got lots of experience in that. Um, but he's also had those really uh, important conversations uh, with their boyfriends and then fiancés, and now one of them has a spouse. And so you've, you've walked through that process right, with your girls. Um, you've raised them uh, to be godly young women uh, who are pursuing hard after the Lord. And so they're looking for right, a godly young man. right. And I'm just thinking that there's a lot of guys out there thinking, man, I'd, I'd love to be in a great relationship. You know, Maybe, maybe they didn't come from um, a great home relationship, and they want something different. right? They're like, you know, I watched my mom and dad, and they got divorced, and that, I don't want that. Right? Or maybe they came from a great home relationship and they're like, I saw I was in that great home, right? Where I was raised, you know, in a in a in a peaceful, nurturing, you know, wonderful environment. And I'd like to do that as well. Right. So how can I become that that husband, that father, that that godly man? And so we started talking about that. Um, but one of the things I want to do with, with Rob today uh, was to talk about a book that came out uh, by a guy named Vodi Bakum. Uh, and he says, What he must be, right, to marry my daughter. Right? And so he kind of goes through a different um, list of criteria. And in our last podcast, you gave us um, some things for guys to consider. And I'm going to compare that now to the list that Vody Bakum gives us. Right? Okay. okay, so here's what Vody starts off with. He says, first of all, um, he must be a Christian. <laughs> Good start. Good start, yeah. And we, and we talked about that. Yeah. And, and, and the idea, not just that you are right, a Christian, but like you are a committed follower of Christ, right? And so that, that encompasses, and we can get into that if we want to, you know, at some other time. Um, but if, if you don't know the difference of just, hey, I, I think I'm a Christian, right? Like, you, you've got to know what it means to be a follower of Christ, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Um, the second thing he goes into, he says he uh, must be committed to biblical headship. Yes. Right? So what, what do you think that means from Vody's perspective? And as a dad, right, as a young man coming in, right, how can you identify right, that he's committed to biblical headship. So if you go back to Genesis, Dan, the way the creative order is man was created first. Okay. He was put in the garden, and he was put in the garden to, to cultivate the garden and to keep the garden. And the, the task was too large for him, and so he needed a helpmate, someone, okay. a, a complimentary helpmate, someone who was suitable for him to finish his task to glorify God. Yeah. It's and not so, good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be so. alone. So, so he created a helpmate. He <laughs> created someone yes. you, where the two become one flesh. That's all done in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Yep. Okay, But it's also picked up. They said, well, that's Old Testament. But it's also 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 where Christ is the head of every man. Yeah. The man is the head of a woman and God is the head of Christ. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about that, you mentioned, right, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, yeah. right? Where we yeah. have, you know, the creation, we have yeah. Adam and Eve, yeah. right? We have the fall. Um, so I, I read someplace, I can't remember where it was, but it was talking about how two things were actually kind of instituted by God, right, before the fall, right? And that is the Sabbath rest. Yeah, that's good. Right, which, which, you know, it doesn't matter what religion you are, right? We were made... 
right? That our battery runs out and we need rest, right? God does not, but we do, right? Um, and then marriage. Marriage was actually instituted before the fall, right? Where Adam and Eve, right, are, are given in marriage. Now they don't have parents, so there's nobody giving them, right? But the idea, right, that those two become one flesh, um, that concept was in the Garden of Eden, right, in God's, in a sense, perfect design. Yes, right. right? Now, because of the fall, right, we, we get, right, our sinful nature, right? But we still want to recreate that in a sense that that Garden of Eden experience, right? We still want to bring in as much of, right, heaven's goodness, right, into earth. And marriage is one of those things that we get to do, right, to demonstrate to the world of what God designed the world to look like. That's right. And so he gave, right, men and women to be married, right, and to have children and to create families, right? And those those families and that creation of that, right, is kind of a picture of God's heavenly family, right? And so that that is a really important thing. And you mentioned, right, that you want a young man, you're looking for your, you know, for your daughters, you're looking for a young man who's committed to that biblical headship, that he understands that he's accountable to God. That's right. Right. And in that relationship, right, that he is supposed to sacrifice and lay down his, his life for his wife as Christ would lay down his life for the church, and she's supposed to submit to his authority. Now, he takes that responsibility and that authority, right, just like Christ took that authority, right? He didn't abuse that authority, right? You never see anywhere uh, in Scripture where Christ is abusing his authority that God has given him. And so as a, as a man, right, and we'll talk about a couple other things that, that Bodhi's going to get into, but as a man, he's not going to abuse the authority that God's going to give him. He's going to use that authority to protect, and as you said, to cultivate those who are under his authority, right? That's right. And I, I want to add one more thing, Dan, because if you think about the garden, Genesis 2, is remember the, the trees. He pointed out there are two specific trees in the garden, and this is before woman was created. Mm -hmm. If you go back in chapter 2, you see he said there's, there's two trees. There's a the knowledge of good and evil, which right. represents man's ideas, man's ways, and then there is, there is, there's the tree of life. Yes. And he said in his prohibition, don't, do not take from this tree or you shall surely die. Right. And then come chapter three, after woman was made, it was his job to lead and to guide her. Okay, that was the, the idea. It was man's idea to tell the woman, don't eat from the fruit. Right. And then when the woman did eat from the fruit and gave it to the man <laughs> to eat from the fruit, who did God go back and ask? Adam. Adam, exactly right. right. So there comes your, your idea of leadership. There it is. That's awesome. That's good. Okay. Um, he says um, that a man, this is Vody Bakum's book again, a man must welcome children. Right, so the idea, I mean, obviously God opens and closes the womb, we understand that, that concept. It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to have children because you get married, right? But the idea, right, that a marriage without children, right, would not be the ideal, right? That as a, as a man, uh, for your daughters, if a guy comes in here and says, hey, I don't want kids because they get in the way of um, our financial success, or I don't want kids because, you know, they're too time consuming, or I don't want kids, but right, that would be a red flag for you as a dad in the daughters that you've raised, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, God tells us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with more of the Imago Dei yeah. and the idea of the family and to be able to pass on the next generation. Yeah. And so in, the, in this world, I know a lot of people look at the culture, right? And they plan their lives by how messy the culture looks yeah. and they try to protect themselves. And how, how could you bring a child into this world, right? And I, I go back through scripture and it's like, you know, if you look at where the nation of Israel was for so many times, right, and in exile, there are plenty of places you wouldn't bring kids into, right? That wouldn't be smart to bring kids That's into. Right. You know, you know you're, you're enslaved in Egypt, right? Why would you bring kids into that, right? But the idea is that God has always protected, right, his people, right? And, and the, the concept is 
right? That we want to bring children into this world to be, as you said, that image of God, that light in a dark place, right? And if you're a young man and you're thinking, well, you know, I can't afford them or they're gonna get them, right? That to me is a red flag as a young man that you don't have your priorities right. I completely agree. Okay. Completely agree. All right. Um, he goes on to talk about, and he gives, he's going to give us uh, four P's here, right? Which would make a great sermon. Um, he's going <laughs> to a good Baptist a sermon. A good Baptist <laughs> sermon. Um, he's going to give us four P's. He's going to talk about being a suitable priest, a suitable prophet, a suitable protector, and a suitable provider. Okay. So let's just kind of attack each one. Um, a suitable priest. What do you think that he meant, right? Um, in terms of right, a young man sitting in your you know living room, and you're saying, okay. I need to know if he's going to be the priest of his home. What, is, what does that mean to you? So the priest is the advocate. Okay, so the idea, so he's talking, and, and I like how he uses that. He leads with the spiritual. Yep. The most important aspect of a person is her spirit. And so the idea of you're going to have a priest in the house, you're going to have one who's going to advocate for God. You're going to go back to your 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Christ is the head of every man. The man is the priest or the head of the woman. And that's the idea. I'm going to be the lead. Okay, so if I'm in my Bible. I'm, I'm following God's will for my life. If I get outside the line, then I got to go back and model what it looks to ask for forgiveness and, and be that. And, and that's also a service role. The, the priesthood is, is one who's active. You don't sit. It's, it's an active, given, it's a cleansing. I think Ephesians uh, talks about the cleansing. You know, our role as husband is to, to cleanse our wife with the water of the word. And yep. so the act is the idea for, for me. It's I get to with Candace. If I'm growing in something, then I need to be make sure if it's, God's cultivated my heart with something, I'm offering the same thing for her and for my girls as well. And so it's me advocating for God in our, in our yeah. family. I, lo I, love, I love how you said, one, that it started with priest, right? Because he didn't start with provider. No, right? that's <laughs> right? good. He started with priest. So the spiritual yeah. aspect is important. But I also love how you said, right, it's a service component, right? Yes. Because one of the things that, that always amazed me was, uh, when we when we read through Hebrews and it says that Christ, who's the high priest, now sat down, right? Because his job was done. So yeah, the, yeah. the priest never gets to sit down, right? Because because right. you know the priestly duties are always active, right? Um, in fact, you know they tie a rope around him when he goes into the holy of holies. Yes, exactly. He dies. He's not like, come out. You got to got to drag him out. But that that priest is always in a in a mode of service, That's right. right? So I'm looking for a young man um, who doesn't you know dictate what roles, right? Well, you know, hey, a guy doesn't do dishes or a guy doesn't do laundry. I'm looking for a guy who says, listen, I'm, I'm here to serve, right? I'm here to help out. I'm here to do what needs to be done to provide for my family, right? And to take care of my wife, right? And so I just remember, um, you know, when, when Trisha was pregnant the first time, right? <laughs> and it's like, you know, pregnancy does a lot of weird things. And you're, right. well, you know, you're carrying around another human being in your body, right? And all of a sudden you have these incredible, you know, bouts of energy. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're wiped out. And I just remember, you know, and the baby's born and, you know, lots of different things going on. It's just like, sometimes you just, you just do things that need to be done. Right. And th this is kind of what this podcast is always you know, all about is what does it mean to be a man? It means, you know, you pick up a sock, whether it's yours or not, you do the dishes, right. Whether they're yours or not, you know, you, I, I don't know how to cook. Well, learn to cook, right. Learn, learn how to do things that, that take care of your family, whatever it is that you need to do as a man, when you're the priest of your home, right. You're looking for ways that you can serve Right, those that God's given you in your home. I learned that early, Dan, and you know my daddy, as you were talking about doing the dishes, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not manly to do the dishes. Well, it is in the Snyder household yeah. because my, the idea is he sets the tenor and the tone of the house. If he's serving everyone, yeah. whether it's, if, 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 if he said, if, if, for, if I come home 
If I'm the strongest and I'm going to lead and I'm going to show by example, then I'm going to make sure I'm the last person serving. If it's the dishes is the last thing you do, Snyderman do the dishes. Yeah. I love that. Day. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, in fact, I loved actually I loved coming into your home when I was dating Trisha, right? And I watched that, right? That that was kind of the expectation, right? You don't you don't sit on the sidelines and expect people to serve you, right? You you better get in here and you know look for ways to serve if you're going to be a part of this family. And I, I love that expectation. And who does the dishes in the Snyder houses? <laughs> The men, right? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> and we don't win. We love it. Um, okay, so he goes on to talk about being a suitable prophet. Right. So what do you think he means by being a suitable prophet? A prophet is one who speaks forth. And so the idea is just taking God's worth and being able to go out and speak forth. Whether you're, you're evangelizing, show yep. them how to share their faith. Whether it's coming back and seeing where the culture is going wrong and pushing back against what God's best is for us. Yep. We come back and, uh, you know me, I'm a little passionate about certain things. Um, this, the culture right now is in a really dark place. Yes. I need to come back as a prophet and tell them how that aligns or does not align with God's word. Yeah. And, and sometimes you, know, you get a, a teenage girl who has a concept that the world is teaching them or their friends are teaching them and you gotta push back yeah, you because you're changing that culture because it's so easy to be influenced by the world but we can't look like the world. Yeah. We have to look like our Savior. Yeah, I think about um, the Proverbs 31 yeah. woman, <laughs> right? And she's doing all these different things. I was always fascinated to go, Where, well, where's her husband? Yeah. And it tells you, it says he's at the city gate. That's exactly right. right. And the city gate was the place where, in a sense, the elders of the city would gather and they would say, okay, so what's going to happen in our city? They were kind of like the, the city council. Right. And her husband was one of those men that was saying, you know, how do we protect our city? Who comes in? Who stays out? What ideas are coming in? Right. He was wrestling with those concepts. Right. right. So just that idea, if you're going to be a prophet in your family, you have to be able to speak truth, which means you have to know truth. Right. So you have to know God's word so that when you turn on the TV, right, or read something in the, I'll, I'll use the word news, even though it's not news anymore. Yeah, it's just, you know, that's right. read something in, in, you know, out there. Um, you've got to be able to discern between propaganda, mm -hmm. right, and truth, mm -hmm. right? And that's a really important thing. So as a, as a prophet, right, one of the things that you're looking for, if there's going to be a young man who sits in my living room and says, hey, I want to marry your daughter, right, he needs to be able to speak truth, which means he needs to know truth, which needs to be, he needs to be steeped in God's yeah. word. And that's a really important thing. So Dan, I like Psalm 1. Blessed mm -hmm. is the man right. who does not walk by the counsel of the wicked and stand in the path of sinners, sit at the seat of the scoffer, but his delight is in the law of the, the Lord, Lord, which he meditates day and night. Yep. I love that. That's the idea. That's not, I mean, so you're going to push back. You're going to be the prophet in this place. You have to know truth. So many, I sadly, men in our culture, men in our church don't know God's truth. Yeah. It's actually, it's, it's funny. Um, so it's the same thing that, you know, um, Joshua, when he wrote about in Joshua yeah. 1, like, how do you know what success and prosperity looks like? Yeah. Um, know the law of the Lord. Right, it's like Must. Oh, that, that, day and it night. Was, it was it, right? And then, and then the last thing when when David right gave his charge to Solomon, right, where he uses those words, "act like a man," right, all he talked about was you need to know God's word. That's right? exactly. How right. are you going to be successful? Just know God's word. Going back to Joshua, I love that Dan because the idea of Joshua versus Judges. Right. Joshua is how a man walks in victory. That's the sanctification yep. of men doing it right. Yep. And it was it was by the law meditate day and night and go out and lead and take charge. What happened in Judges, the reason the next legacy is, yeah. Joshua was a great leader, but the problem is they didn't teach the next generation to fear the Lord. And the very first sin is they, they went to a generation where they didn't know the Lord. And they did what they and wanted they to do. And they compromised it. Yeah, That's there right. was no king in the land. That's right. 
That's right. Okay, so um, protector mm -hmm. needs to be a pseudo protector. What do you think that means for a young man when he's thinking about, you know, what kind of man do I need to be uh, to marry your daughter, right? I need to be a protector. Well, it's, so it's threefold. It's spiritually, it's emotionally, and it's physically. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that I got to protect her. And so as I'm handing my oldest daughter off into marriage, I'm going back to the ideas. Understand, I've been doing this for 22 years. I know her her issues. I know her trigger points. Mm -hmm. I know where she is uh, maybe emotionally uh, not completely mature where she needs to be. I know where it is, her mindset. I know what triggers her. I know what leads her. And so, and I know how the enemy is going to get her. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is I'm protecting her from the enemy. I'm protecting her from the outside world. I'm protecting her. But you know, for those ideas, that, that, that's a must, Dan, especially a woman's image. It's frail. That's good. And it's frail. So yep. you go, I mean, all three of my girls, we hit middle school, come to find out middle school girls are really, really mean. Really and, their, mean. and their soul <laughs> is so easily crushed. Yeah. And so the idea is it is our job to protect their image. You're, you're, you're creating the image of God. Create that mindset. And then basically anything that basically is going to trigger that, you got to protect that. Yep. That's good. I like that. Um, last thing he says is be a suitable provider. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you think that means from a, from a man's perspective, right? What are the things that I need to be able to do to be a provider for my family? Does that mean, right, that um, I can't be stay-at-home dad or does that mean I've got to make more money than my wife? I mean, walk through that a little bit. So the provider is God's given that role to us to provide. You hit all three areas, spirit motion physical the, the the physical side of it dan is the hard side of it yeah. because the hard side of that is i have to provide for the family do i have to be the biggest breadwinner in the household and the answer is you don't have to be but you have to be the leader of that so okay. the idea when the bills come due uh when when there where there's challenges when those things happen is you got to go be the man you got to go be the leader the yeah. provider because that's that's what god has required us to do and so if if there is a need whether it's a, a physical need whether it's an educational need uh whether it's fulfilling a dream and trying to get there whether it's going on a vacation to to let the family rest together whether it's uh, whatever that is dan it's the it's the provider's job now, the, the, the wife is the one who can come alongside. Uh, my wife is a heck of a lot smarter than I am, and she's a lot more resourceful than I am. And she can give me some really good ideas, but at the end of the day, the bills must be paid. And if I don't do it, then, then I'm not leading and providing for my family yep. well. Yeah, and you know what? I think, I think some of the training in this yeah. um, that I see, right, in raising three boys and being obviously raised as a boy myself that my parents trained me in, um, little things mm -hmm. I think were always important. One, I always had to open the door, right, for my mom and my always. sister. And my boys always have to open the door for my wife. And they do it really well. Right? And that's, I think that's one of the things that you just look at is if you have that mindset, and I've been trained, right, that these are my responsibilities, right, that you begin to look at these things, right, that um, that you're the priest, you're the prophet, you're the protector, you're the provider, right, that my job is to is to serve, right, those who, who has got his place around me, yeah. right? And if I want to walk into a relationship with a young woman, right, and I want to be that godly husband and, and be able to lead this house, right? I've been trained that, that leadership doesn't mean pressing down on authority, that's right. but the authority that's been given you means that you get to serve others around you, right? That Christ is your example, right? And how did he demonstrate his authority, right? He came not to be served, but to serve, right? And I think that's, that's a really important reminder for our young men when you're thinking about the world tells them that to be successful means that you're climbing a particular ladder, that you're getting more stuff, 
right? That more people are paying attention to you, right? But from God's economy, right? It seems to be kind of a little altered, yeah. right? That his level of success is that you're drawing closer to him, right? That you're more intimate in a relationship because you're closer and you're connected, right? That you're serving, you're not lording over your authority over people, right? But you're, you're looking to make connections so that you can walk beside them, that you're learning about the people that are around you so that you can help them to flourish as well. And I think those are all important roles. And I want to add one more thing, Dan. I think it's important to know that uh, being a hard worker isn't something that we inherit. That's right. That's a trained, That's a trained idea thing. that yep. you have to be able to train and role model for that. And so for me, if you raise the bar, whether it's uh, training, working out, working hard, getting up early, raising those ideas, that's a mindset that you train that you pass on as a legacy. Yep. That's good. I love that. Well, good. That was uh, that was Vody Bauckham's book. Um, some great um, you know, practical things from there. Um, Rob, I appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully this is uh, useful information for some young men uh, in their training for manhood. We enjoyed Dan. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.